0: Hey guys, Dustin here with the podcast and before you listen to this episode, I just wanted to give you a little heads up. This was an episode where I was a guest on Aaron Snyder's podcast and took the audio and just rolled it into an episode for you guys. So this episode will be marked as explicit with the language and not one of the you know, maybe not one of the normal family friendly uh, edited episodes that we normally hear on this podcast. So, otherwise, great episode with my friend Aaron Snyder, and hope you guys enjoy it.
1: Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host. Dustin Whitwer.
0: I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show.
1: All righty then, we're back at uh, the Snyder Home headquarters because the uh, shop's not done here in Wyoming. So uh, I have got my longtime friend and semi-entrepreneur, semi-bow hunter, semi-gun hunter, and uh, llama expert, uh, Dustin Whitworth. Did I say Whitworth, correct? Is that
0: Whitworth, just like it sounds. There you
1: go. Uh, he drove down from, uh, you're in Cody, right?
0: Yeah, just outside of Cody, uh, little Burlington, little small little
1: town outside of Cody gotcha so you uh you had talked to me about uh, this a while ago off and on just different ideas it was a kind of an idea that I had but didn't have the hard hard work ethic to go through with it um well, talk a little bit about it what's it called and what what are you doing?
0: yeah so this it, it's called backpack logistics and this was an interesting I, I thought it was an interesting story how this all happened. I mean, I've known you. I haven't known you since your elk slayer days on Bowside or whatever you're on, but that's how long I've been following you and just, you know, backpacking the whole time. We've been rocking the Kafaru stuff forever. And, uh, yeah, the 22 mag. Yeah. The OGs. <laughs> listen, listen, some of the changes that happened to that 22 mag were because of photos that we took yeah. <laughs> a yeah. absolute clamp at yard sale, hanging off a 22 mag for seven days of stuff, uh-huh. not advised. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so we, you know, you and I have kind of, uh, you know, backpack questions or hunting questions or whatever off and on. And so I had this idea and, and I was trying to think the other day, I knew I was going to come down to this and I honestly don't, uh, remember where I even, when it actually popped in my head. But one of the big frustrations that I have every year is my backpack food, Right. And if you're like me, spring, spring bear hunting season rolls around, or maybe you're a shed hunter or whatever, and you open up your bin of food and it's just chaos, right? It might be, you know, last year's beef jerky's got mold all over it and you got, you know, economy size bags of trail mix that was spilled all over inside there. You don't have this and you thought you had that or whatever. And it's just a big frustration. And I always put it off to the last minute. And so, you know, I had this idea and it's not original, you know in general but to the backpacking world i think
1: it kind of is um i think the backpacking and the backpack hunting world It, i mean i say it is but i'd like to think i know most things going on i've never seen anything quite like it so yeah yeah and it's again it's very simple not
0: rocket science you know and they're doing this type of stuff in in actual meal prepping and that's you know a lot of the template that we used for the for the website was based off of that industry but um, we just wanted what we created. Um, well, let me back up to the phone call. So I called Snyder up and I, I said, Hey man, um, you know, you're the most connected guy to this backpack hunting world, obviously that I know and have access to. Um, I got an idea that I want to run by you. And it's kind of, all I said was it has to do with backpack food. And you said, let me guess. <laughs> you're gonna and i'm like well, what do you mean let me guess you're just gonna read my mind you're gonna do like a backpack food counting macros and you know all the calories and calories per ounce and like add it all up for guys and let them buy it and i'm like yeah yeah that's exactly what i'm planning on doing <laughs> what how did you know that who you've been talking to um come to find out you've were smarter than me and had the idea a long time ago. And just, or you're probably the busiest guy that I've ever met and tried to get a hold of. Side as, note: as, I,
1: as we're doing as we're doing this podcast, I'm answering messages. Yeah, I probably should. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've just
0: I've I've learned that the trick to getting anything out of Snyder or finding is just getting a hold of you. It's not. You're the nicest guy I've ever met willing to take your shirt off your back, but you have to physically get a hold of you. And that's, that's the trick.
1: It can be rough. And I've had, uh, a. <laughs> there's memes where it said, um, you know, if there's one person that, uh, your life or death, death depends on it. Meaning if they answer the phone, you die, who are you calling? <laughs> and I am on that list a lot for people and, and I will eventually call you back. It could take one day to 17, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm busy, but I, I mean, the number one thing, As I was talking to you on that phone call, I think um, I was actually in whitetail season. I was in Oklahoma, Texas, you know, and uh, I I think I was going to get food at the only place to get food uh, in the area I was at, and I was like, "Yeah, man, uh, I think it's a genius idea." Because I've preached about the gallon Ziploc bag and you know, loading it up for your day's food, that kind of stuff. But I know what I'm doing. Like when I say I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm looking for. I know what I want. I know the calories. I've done this long enough. I get a ton of people that get a hold of me about it where this I can just honestly push them off, like go to the website because it, it's expensive to do. Um, when I say expensive, um, you know, getting it going on urine is expensive, but getting your food together is expensive for a ten to fourteen day hunt. It's really expensive when you don't want to eat half the shit you bought because you don't know what you're doing and you listen to somebody. You know, there's different companies that have food that people like and don't, but um you know you can you can get on there and and find you know it's it's i don't want to say valid but if i had had time i could type up hey here's all the stuff i like as a fat kid well if you don't know and and you go to you know i hate to mention any websites but different websites out there you may get some bad advice where you've kind of weeded through all that
0: yeah yeah and so you know this was born out of my own procrastination and and frustration from the friction that comes with getting set up to go on a backpack hunt, right? I'm either the night before I'm running over to the store to grab, you know, more jerky or more trail mix or whatever pop tarts, or even worse on the way to the hunt, right? How many of us have done that where we're pulling into, you know, some random Walmart at some random town that's just outside of the trailhead because, oh gosh, I forgot my, you know, this or that. And you're out on the tailgate looking like a you know, a backpacking crackhead, like divvying up all your lines of, you know, trail mix (laughs) or whatever, and trying to decide how many calories are in there. And okay, am I overpacked? Am I underpacked? And then worst case scenario, and this has happened to me, is you get out on a hunt and you forgot something, right? Something's not in there that you, oh, I thought that was in my bin and you showed up and it's not there or whatever. So we wanted to create an, uh, an experience that eliminated friction for guys to just be able to get on. the the meat and potatoes of the site um, is a custom meal builder. And we've, we've structured it enough that a guy like you can kind of plug and play and manipulate your calories and your calories per ounce and your macros even, but someone who also doesn't know what they're doing um, and might not understand exactly how to build out a day's worth of food for a backpack trip. it's structured so that we you know okay choose your breakfast choose your lunch choose your dinner here's four snack items and those snack items you know you that's where you can really get flexible with your calories and stuff because you can add you know something like a honey stinger that might have 100 calories or you can add something like a pro bar meal that's got you know 400 calories Um, and then we also added an option to put in um, an energy source right like a, a drink mix energy of some kind um a recovery option, a instant coffee option. And then the one thing that's not on there that I think guys will be looking for, uh, that will probably just end up throwing in standard unless we get bad feedback about this is like your little auxiliary things, like a couple salt and pepper packets that weigh nothing and don't count towards your calories, Tabasco sauce, Tabasco sauce, <laughs> an olive oil, right? We've gotten pretty addicted to throwing a, a little single serving olive oil into our, uh, dinner at night just to bump our calorie up, you know, hundred or 200 calories or whatever. So we tried to put some thought into, you know, again, someone, an expert like you all the way down to a complete beginner. Um, and that's kind of the gist of it. We'll also have, you know, guys will be able to get on and shop all a cart. If you just want to add, you know, 40 mountain houses or 40, we actually not going to carry mountain house at this point. Cause they're, uh, they're all tapped out on their dealers. So maybe we all need to, either find something else that we want to carry or
1: so I haven't had a mountain house since Christ was a kid. It's been a while. I'm, I'm not yeah. a big fan of mountain house. Maybe I've just eaten too many, but, um, I, I think, you know, when, when people like, if you, if you're listening to this podcast, that the big thing, um, you know, when you figure out and I don't know, um, like your, your base caloric intake a day and, and I eat like a horse, which you have witnessed. Um, and so on average here, at home, I'm, I'm pumping 4,500 calories a day at a minimum usually. So I can't carry that much, uh, you know, fuel into the, their food, into the, the back country. So I need to get the most I can. And, you know, I look at a hundred calories per ounce and I look at 32 to 3,500 calories per day. And that, that is everything that's including any pre-workout or energy or coffee or whatever. Um, and you know, to like, kind of rewind a little bit this website you know and I encourage everybody obviously hop on allows you to get on there pick exactly what you want per day uh, and uh, as, as as I looked at it you can mimic that multiple days you can do different day you can you can do different food different days and then you can also know your uh, you know figure out your total calories as you're adding it in um, so if you're going on a 14-day hunt you don't have to do it's like the Amazon of backpack hunting food you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to go to the store. You don't have to hope for the best. You just order it. And then, you know, why don't you talk about this? I guess the shopping experience, like how does it work on your end when people are ordering and then when you ship it out?
0: Yeah. So we've got foods already arriving. We've got orders showing up. Um, I'll be honest. This is just, I'm bootstrapping this out of my house. Luckily we don't, I, I say, luckily we don't have kids until we've got a spare bedroom or two that we're just turning into the shop basically. Um, order will come in we'll, we've uh i found a one gallon vac sealable with a resealable tab bag plastic bag so those items will get pulled <clears throat> and dropped into a one gallon bag per day and then vac sealed but once you get that and you rip the top open the opposite end that we vac sealed you'll have a resealable seam um, so that you can reseal that up you can shrink it down or whatever
1: that sounds like a horrible pain in the ass. Yeah. How long did that take to figure out a while?
0: Yep. Uh, just finding those Ziploc bags, uh, the, the right kind, it was, it was fun, but yeah, this is, listen, man, I I think I called you like over a year ago. This has been, you know, this has been one of those things that I've, I've uh, wanted to get, you know, as close to perfect as we can. Um, there's a lot of logistics, no pun intended behind it. So, um,
1: Well, it just simplifies my life. And this is totally being selfish or whatever. You know, I don't know how much, um, how many questions I answer. Well, it's a cycle. When the draw tags come out, (laughs) hey, where should I go? You know, I don't want your spot, but I drew, you know, whatever. (laughs) And then as it gets closer, it's gear. And then, you know, kind of usually last minute, it's food. And, And not always, not for everyone. And so this allows you, like right now, and I encourage everyone, order early. Don't don't, you know, order, you know, a week before season and then bitch because they can't get it to you in time. I'm not saying you couldn't, but you know, order early. But, you know, if you have some questions on food, this gives you time to try something out if you want to. You know, order it ahead of time, like a day, a day's worth of food of what you think you like. Scarf that down. Make sure you like it.
0: We're throwing around. I, I there's a couple of things that I want feedback from your listeners on. One of them is we're throwing around the idea of doing this early in the year, doing a mega, we'll call it a mega sampler. <laughs> yeah. With one of everything that we're gonna carry. Um, and just jumbled into a box so people can try them. Um, but yeah, even just you know, all a carding, a couple of things that maybe we carry that you haven't eaten before. Hey, is this what I really want to cause we can't carry Here's the downside. We can't carry everything, right? I've already hit up a couple people like you, and they get on, and they're like, oh, man, what about this? And it's like, well, we've got this substitute, right? And that's pretty, it's pretty dang close. You know, it's, you know, same sort of flavor type of bar or whatever. So, um, yeah.
1: Well, and I think that, uh, you know, again, with people listening in, the biggest thing is figure out your caloric intake for the day, what you want to eat. And then I would say when you... (laughs) When you get, when you get online, people are gonna say like, "I don't eat when I'm in the, when I'm in the field," um, you know, or "Oh, I don't pack as much because I'm not as hungry," you know. That may be, but that doesn't mean your body doesn't need it. And so, don't don't. Um that sound like a total dick don't listen to any of those people because they generally don't know what they're talking about you will burn out if you're on a hard hunt so figure out what you need a day and i would say a minimum of twenty-eight hundred calories a day on a rough hunt a minimum
0: and the nice thing about this system is you can either like you said you can uh duplicate if you're just a guy that knows you've done this for years and you know i'm thousand calories a day and i eat the same thing every day boom, build that out for a 10 day hunt. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, throw them in your cart and be done. Or if you also know that, hey, my hiking day to this specific area is going to be freaking extraneous. Like this is going to be 10 miles and we got to gain 4,000 feet or 60, 90, 100 vertical miles. What was it 60?
1: Six, that was 60 vertical, 60 vertical miles, miles. As I understand
0: on, it. On your first day, then you could bump up your, you know, maybe your second day's worth of food to recover. Um, and then, you know, that, Hey, you know, days two through five, we typically spend most of it glassing because I'm pretty selective on what I'm going to shoot. And I'm going to bump my calories down because I don't want to pack more food than I need. But then, Hey, I'm going to, you know, have two or three meals on the back end. I mean, you could get really creative. Um, if a guy is again, an expert and kind of knows what they're doing and has done this before, and you could, you know, custom build each, each meal for each specific day, um, like you said, just be careful. If you haven't done this much, the last thing you want to do is, you know, think that you're going to survive on 1800 calories a day, uh, in the, on a backcountry hunt, because that's just a recipe for disaster. But
1: and, and, and if, uh, you're listening in saying I do that, well then great. You know, don't, uh, you know, don't, that's one thing you have to understand if you've been doing it and you can run on a caloric deficit, not a problem. Um, you know, more power to you. I don't have any issue with that. But for for beginners or moderate level, you know, air to the side of caution. You you don't want to smoke yourself out. And so I I you know, for again on on my end, I, I'm out there a lot. And so I eat like a horse all the time. And even when I'm not hungry, if um, you know, sometimes with alt- altitude, you know, will make someone not as hungry as they should be. It doesn't mean your body doesn't need it. So look at it this way: like you don't want to just chug water um Uh, At certain times, if you're like, you know, you get heat stroke, you don't want to just chug water down. You got to sip it snack constantly. Like you may not seem hungry, just eat a little bit. So when you order that food, you don't have to engulf the entire bar that time snack constantly. So you're, you're feeding your body. And the good thing about this, obviously, is you can you know, you get the half day days, right? So like, let's say you've got a 14 day hunt, but the first day and the last day are half days, right? You're going to come out by noon and going to go in afternoon. You can order applicable to that. Um, You know, so it's, it's important. It's simple. It's easy. And it, it, um, Well, I wish I would have done it, but I mean, even now, like I'm like, I think I got to the point where I'm like, dude, I'll just support what you do because I don't have time for this shit Uh, because I think it's a genius idea. And actually Ryan Avery and I, and I think I told you that with Rockslide had talked about doing this, Um, you know, and and as time goes on, um, like you said, you're bootstrapping it. You know, one of the things we talked about was an an app for your phone where like for me, I'm on my phone right now. I just went from answering messages and now I'm ordering, um, you know, power grip serving. I'm on my phone all the time you can sit there in a business meeting and order your food from you know an an app from your phone so that was something else I had thought about that you know potentially you could do in the future but it simplifies everything when it comes to food and in reality the two things you really actually need are water and food so and water's free but well it was free a long time ago now you have to pay a little for it but water Uh, minus going to the grocery stores free food is expensive and a pain in the butt and if you look at it also is depending upon where you're going what you carry I've seen the site you're not going to be able to find that in most stores unless you're in a Seattle or a Denver or whatever if you're where I'm at now it's not happening so now I have to go through on whether it be Amazon or support some granola head company or whatever, you know, this way you're supporting, um, you know, Dustin. So, I mean, that's what you'd want to do. Um, I, I strongly encourage everybody to, to use this. Uh, it's an advantage. Uh, is what it is. It's not an easy button, but it makes life easier for everyone. Um,
0: yeah, and we, you know, if, if, here's another question guys will ask is like the pricing, right? I mean, <clears throat> there's no doubt, you know, there's, there's a little, um, certain items that just didn't make sense to you know uh what what am i trying to say we didn't put snickers bars on there. no we did actually okay Snickers bars are in there (laughs) listen that's one of my staples Um, okay when i first started doing this right you 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 hear all these backpackers you know professional guys and they freak you out thinking like you know only like it's got to be this super high quality you know it's just got to be calories honestly at that point and frankly if you break down a snickers bar I'm no nutritionist, but it's not the worst thing for you.
1: You know what? I mean, honestly, nut rolls and Snickers, and I've talked about it like a Metrex Big 100 bar. It's a Snickers with some extra protein in it, you know, basically. Now, Um, what I will (laughs)
0: say is you'll notice under the Shed Crazy, specifically under his Pro Pack, right? And we'll talk about (laughs) the Pro Packs. Um, there may or may not be a little Debbie cosmic Brownie on there that has <laughs> no place in a legitimate backpack hunt, but shed crazies. I mean, he shed crazy. So he yeah. gets whatever he wants, you know,
1: <laughs> Well, he,
0: he also suggested that we put a 12 ounce white monster on there that we may have. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and I, I, you know, when I figure out my backpacking food, And I've talked about this a lot, like different stages of backpack hunting, the poverty stage and, you know, whatever you get to a stage where you just know what you need, whether it be for gear or food. And there are things that I put 100% in that, that, that I know have the highest caloric intake, great macros, you know, as far as like protein and fats, things like that. You know, I pack in, uh, you know, personally I use krill oil and probiotics. I take those in mostly to help me poop, but There's also things I bring in just because when I've had my dick kicked in that day, (laughs) I just want a Snickers or whatever, and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Smiley fruit snacks for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, what were those uh, high chews? High (laughs) chews. That was a Mormon thing, actually. I'd never seen a high chew, and uh, I was like, these are dangerous.
0: and it's, no. it's Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. <laughs> you have a there's a church right down the street from your house. Now you have to get it right.
1: I was like driving by fast. No. Um, now that
0: I know your address, I'm sending yeah. the missionaries out.
1: <laughs> They're coming. Um, that'll be insane between the two white dogs, the new hybrid Newfoundland dog, <laughs> and me shooting my bow without my T-shirt on in the front yard. But um, the uh, I I when I had first seen them, when I say as a Mormon thing a buddy of mine who's Mormon was eating them and I try to eat healthy and I'm like, those can't be healthy, I didn't try them. <laughs> so not too long after that, other Mormon friends of mine were eating them and I'm like, ah, you know, whatever, it's like a gummy bear. The third time Mormons, I opened them and I shit, that was like literally screwball. I should have never, I mean, the next day I shit out a high high chew, like I, <laughs> that's how many I ate. But it, my buddy, uh, Doug Rosin, he's a SWAT team guy, he's retired now, you know he lives off starburst you know he's <laughs> munching on them all day i'm like more power to you bro i mean <laughs> like he ate those all day one day and so things like that though it's weird like mental um like people talking about mental toughness and everything. i mean, i get that but even for me and i don't amy and i were talking in the last probably decade and a half i came out of a hunt early one time a day early Maybe a high chew would have kept me in there. I mean, there are things that literally, when you're sitting behind the spot, or just make you happy. But like a Snickers isn't a horrible idea to throw one a day. Uh, to me, you know, if you're some ultralight nut freak, you're you know, or or fitness freak, you're probably like yelling at the phone. You dumbass. <laughs> a Snickers might make you happy, even if it's before bed, like. You know, to me those times like when I've had a bad day, I may eat two of my most favorite food I have <laughs> that day and the next day.
0: Digging for the Peakery Fuel biscuits yeah. and good. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I may eat something that well, well, we're drifting way off here talking about backpack hunting like for for those who are just getting into it or have done it a little. You know, there's a time and a place where you are going to be, you know, mentally and physically just beat to death, and that may be even after you take an animal down, where that adrenaline rush happens, that adrenaline rush happens, and you have an adrenaline dump, and then you just crash, right? You've, you know, you've shot your animal, you broke it down, you're taking selfies and shit and everything else, and then next thing you know, you get to camp and you are
0: reality sets in of what what you got ahead of you.
1: Yeah, done, and 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 at that time, let's say whether it's on the last day or the the fifth day, and you got two days of food left, I am picking the best food items I have out to eat. Like, oh, I have three Snickers. I am eating those right now. And so having one a day is a good, to me is a good idea. And it may not be a Snickers. It may be a nut roll. It may be, you know, whatever, but, um, I, I, there is backpacking food and, you know, I've seen your site. I mean, there's, there are healthy things that are really good. Um, it's not because it, when I say healthy, unless we're eating you know fruits veggies and steak it's not perfect but there are things that are relatively healthy for backpacking food that taste really good what are your like you know if you're gonna pick like three things to live off of my mentality i could eat the same shit every day doesn't bother me because i like it that much if i choose correctly what are your top three total food items just in general um or (laughs) pick-me-ups Yeah, no, no, food yeah both actually. Pick me ups and food items. Like well, if you were gonna pick three things to eat all day long, what would they be? <sighs> hopefully a, you hopefully you carry them. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never find these on the site. Uh listen, I'm a I'm a pop tart guy in the morning. Um it's it's the quickest, fastest. I hate I love oatmeal, but I just hate the rigmarole of preparing anything in the morning. So I've latched onto Pop Tarts. It's something that's kind of kept me up a little bit with this because I know it's going to, if we ship guys pop tarts, it's going to get crumbled. And that's just kind of what hopefully guys will expect with a pop tart. I crumble
1: them ahead of time. Perfect. I like a powdered substance (laughs) when I I open it and literally just pour it (laughs) (laughs) down my mouth. You know, I I play this little game with myself.
0: uh, If it's like a mule deer hunt where I'm going to go hit a glassing point first thing in the morning where... I'm not allowed to eat my pop tart until I find a buck and that works in my favor most of the time, but sometimes it burns me. But, um, pop tarts, uh, would be my, uh, just absolute staple. Um, honestly skipping to dinner, uh, that I wasn't kidding that peak refuel, biscuits and gravy. Like I could eat that every single night and more for a dinner than a breakfast. It surprisingly, it's, I think the highest calorie packed, uh bag of food that they that they make. Um it's like eleven 1, hundred calories uh in a in a bag, which is insane. Um and so and it's just delicious. You mentioned Tabasco sauce earlier. Dump your Cholula or Tabasco sauce uh, down in a bag of biscuits and gravy peak. Man, that's just that's like a pick me up at night. It's
1: it not to stray here, but we're talking about food. So one of the things I'm trying to think Mike Hearn was just with me Mike and I have done a lot of hunting together. I was taking almond flour crackers. I'd crunch them all up and just keep pouring them in a Ziploc bag. And for those listening in, these are not freaking cheap. Like they are expensive crackers, but I would pour like this, like cocaine powder, like over and over in a Ziploc bag, but I put it in my, my dinner. You want to talk about going from like McDonald's to like a super high end restaurant, (laughs) pouring almond flour crackers or something like that into a a dinner or Tabasco like those or salt. Like it's amazing. I am mean, I'm I'm drifting way off here. I literally packed in 18. I say boxes, but I broke them down. Uh, of almond flour crackers to put in my dinners um, because it, it made the dinner that much better. But the biscuits and gravy with almond flour crackers, mm-hmm. I would choose that over Denny's every day. Yeah. Um, and, but those little things and that stuff too, I think, like as time goes on, you're probably not packing almond flour crackers on your website. You'll learn in the first few months, like, of people you know, throwing in their two cents, like, Hey, can you, can you carry this? Or oh,
0: and that's, uh, that's another reason I'm here is, you know, hopefully get some feedback. Uh, another thing that I'm looking for is that, uh, you know, because inevitably, like I said, we can't carry everything, at least not right now. Um, but we can carry the big items that, you know, majority of people want that we're missing. I can already like right now, there's not a good, uh, trail mix on there yet because we're just kind of hunting around for the right the right one in a little single serving pack that tastes awesome. So um, yeah, any feedback that people have once they snoop around on the site, Hey, you got to have this and we'll start tallying that up and we'll add it. But um, yeah. And then man, the last thing for me, I don't know, for years and years, it was those smiley fruit snacks. Like, like you said, getting your freaking, you know, what's kicked in, like stocking three stocks a day and in, into that on those, that Ruby's hunt if you could just climb out and get to your pack and just sit there and open up a fruit snack thing, like life was pretty good again for a <laughs> minute at least. So I, I guess, you know, aside from the caloric deficit, I could probably survive. That'd be my three staples that go in everything. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty eat the same thing every day too. Um, you know, jerky trail mix, uh, a bar, you know, throwing a Snickers there. And I kind of got my snacks, pop tart, uh, Ooh, uh, we're going to, we still have to add an item called a, we're going to call it, probably abbreviate it to B hole um, <laughs> because it, it stands, I, at least we've heard it as a butthole sandwich.
1: I'll tell the story in a minute. Okay.
0: Yeah. It, 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 we've, listen, I'm pretty proud of this one and we haven't put it on there yet. So anybody that, um you know, needs to wait, we'll get that on there. But you could call
1: it the chocolate starfish sandwich.
0: <laughs> Mormon rated, (laughs) PG rated Snyder, Um, but no, that's exactly what it is, and and the reason you can imagine, you take two mini bagels, usually, um, slab a bunch of peanut butter on either side, Justin's peanut butter or whatever. Um, I found the, the my favorite part of this whole deal is I found these single serve pre cooked, like like sugar infused bacon's one single piece of bacon that you can cut in <laughs> half and put on there. Um, you know, some guys maybe put, that's and then definitely not healthy. No, I'm sure, no, yeah. it's not at all, but it tastes so good. I was skeptical. We ordered a box and tried them and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, that's the best piece of bacon I've ever had. Yeah. Cause it's a stick of sugar, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then drizzle some honey over that usually. And that's probably what a butthole sandwich kid will be. Um, that's, that's a pretty, I mean, you can't go wrong with that, but.
1: Yeah. That's some of my, my go-to's. You want me to tell the story of of that? Okay. So, okay. This will not be, uh, what'd you call Mormon rated, but so, uh, my daughter, so, you know, as, as, uh, time's gone on, I got divorced a long time ago and, uh, my ex-wife and I get along great, but we had, you know, joint custody. My daughter would come up for the spring and summer. And at that time, you know, as time gone on, I, you know, took more and more time off, but at that time I'd get at least two months off, uh, how I didn't get fired. I don't know. So I need to make usually about 90 bags of food, you know, for the 60 days off and another 30 for weekends and whatever else. And so for her, I always looked at it, you know, when I went through school, I couldn't apply what I was learning and I was not very good in school. Um, surprisingly, right. Um, But when you could apply it, made total sense to me. Like the first time I went to blow up a bridge, mathematics made sense, right? And so for her, I'm like, she loves, you know, her love language. My daughter is quality time, right? And so her sitting there with me, we could break down caloric intake and, you know, whatever. Well, also I had a a food saver so she could, you know, vacuum seal everything. And so we would lay out all this food. We would math, right? We would add all the calories, how many, you know, how many different grams of protein and fat. So it was a you know, she would get over there and start writing everything down, break it down. I mean, honestly, she'd break more things down than I personally really cared about, but it made her feel good. So yeah. So, um, somewhere probably around year three of, uh, making these, uh, you know, food packs, like a, like, just like what you're offering the, the day of food in a Ziploc bag. Um, I think limp biscuit was something she was allowed to listen to at that time frame. Um, and uh, I think one of his albums was called chocolate starfish. Right. And so, uh, my wife being a Lutheran minister, right? Her dad's a Lutheran minister, you know, obviously a little not quite as freewheeling with me. Um, a- a freewheeling as I am. So Kaylee comes to visit and she's like, Dad, mom wouldn't tell me. She's like, What's a chocolate starfish? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I said, Kaylee, it's it's your butthole. She's like, What? And I'm like, It's it's your butthole. He's like, my butthole. I'm like, I don't know. Look in the mirror. It's gonna take a couple, but you'll figure it out. But it's your it's your I don't know why you named the album that, but it's your butthole. He like, said, All right, so that was kind of the end of it. We didn't really, you know, whatever. So later that day, or maybe the next day, we're putting all my food together, and uh she wanted to run the food saver. So we did the peanut butter, or actually it was almond butter and uh and honey and bacon. And I would buy basically like what you have, this super enriched pre-cooked bacon. And then uh, you know, we'd throw it in the food saver and so eh, it's sucking the oxygen out <laughs> and that that bagel uh you know where it's looking a lot more like a, a butthole I guess because she gets finished and she holds it up and she's like dad it's a chocolate starfish and I was like that does look like a butthole you're pretty proud so, weren't you? <laughs> yes yeah, very proud moment so the uh that's where the name um butthole sandwich came from was because because of, of my daughter and in yeah. the uh the chocolate starfish so
0: I, I honestly, I didn't even know that that was like,
1: you originated that where, yeah. is that where I heard it from? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I didn't know. So Kaylee, my daughter looked it up and you can imagine what else she pulled up when she Googled oh, it, gosh. but my daughter's 21 now. Um, but she Googled it and rock slide, the thread where I'd called it a butthole sandwich popped up and the whole story. Cause I typed up what I just, you know, you know, talked about where that came from. And so, you know, for me and I've eaten so many now, I don't eat them as much as I used to. Cause that was like, I, it's 1200 calories if you make it right. So <laughs> like I had like a breakfast, you know, and I don't eat breakfast when I wake up, I usually eat it at the glassing point. And then I made a small stack, a small snack midday. And then, uh, you know, when I say mid, 10 o'clock, right. Usually dear bed, Around nine to ten, and then they rebed before we you know, go into a long-term discussion on mule deer. Um, well, somewhere before they rebed, I needed to eat something because I knew I was about to go on an ass kicker yeah. stock, but I didn't want to eat too much where I wanted to yak as I was going, and so usually after I, especially with a recurve, failed and missed or something came back i would eat the 1200 calorie butthole sandwich
0: oh then you're yeah <laughs> yeah exactly
1: because you think about it i mean what's the average most um like peak refuels or whatever like nine to 1200 six, calories or something 1200 a lot that yeah. i think that or not nine six to nine six to nine yeah. yeah so you got let's say an average 800 my breakfast that i have we we, we make them but like um they take time so um, when I say we make them like, it's generally like a mixture of stuff, but you know, that's around 800 calories. So yeah. you've got 1600 between breakfast and dinner and then 1200 for that butthole sandwich. Right. Um, so, you know, you're looking at 2800 calories right there in a few snacks. So that, that, that butthole sandwich for years was a staple. Yep. Um, well, you know, what, what, <laughs> not to drift too far off subject,
0: you always love drifting off oh, Yeah, we go in every direction here.
1: Um, that was something that I ate, and it was cheap, relatively cheap. And I didn't have to cook bacon. I, I bought it, pre-cooked it. Like, uh, you have King Supers in, in uh, here, Utah? No. It's like a grocery store or whatever. You could buy these little boxes of what, you know, probably what you're offering of pre-cooked bacon. And so, I'm between cockroaches and what velcro whatever makes it when the world ends that bacon would probably be there yes. as well so but that's what i had used and so it was this giant udis uh gluten-free bagel and then usually justin's peanut butter and then these strips of bacon um and then a, a massive amount of honey. honey so that i mean the thing is with like with any anytime you t- fat is high in a uh, caloric intake like any kind of fat including peanut butter so like I have a peanut butter problem and I'm drinking peanut butter whiskey as we, you know, talk on this podcast. I, um, I'm just taking mine in, in peanut butter form. Yeah. yeah. No, um, it helps me shoot better. We're about to go shoot here in a little bit. When you, when you look at caloric intake, if you're trying to up your calories, that's one of the reasons like, um, you know, olive oil, you know, raise it, you know, but peanut butter is a good one. So for me, I would like literally what people would put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like at a multiplier of four is what went on one of my my butthole sandwiches it was filling um you know what i mean as far as like it was dense and so that's that's a good option but i will say not everybody is going to maybe want those because you are taking in a third of your caloric intake at one time not everybody I wants to do
0: that don't think ours is quite that aggressive because we're using a, min, a mini bagel i i bet it's uh, man i i haven't uh i
1: could look it up here while we're I bet it's around four or five. I was going to say if it's many, <clears throat> yeah, which is probably, yeah. and I'm not saying this because you're on the podcast, four to five is probably better than 12. Because yeah. when you take in 1200 calories, that's a pretty dense. You need a nap. Yeah, usually. Yeah. I was just going to say you might fall asleep. Yeah. So. What
0: uh, you mentioned your breakfast thing. This is one that I've been kicking around. We don't at the, at this time we don't make any of the food items. But I'm wondering if that's not going to be the first one that we dive into actually get a food handler's permit and make start manufacturing our own because there's just not everybody's doing these, you know, oatmeal, protein, drink mix, throwing in, you know, chia seed crap. And is that what you're talking about? Or what are you making?
1: Yeah. So we just ordered, uh, you know, basically like granola and, you know, honey flavored with almonds, granola, just bags of it. And then, uh, craisins um chocolate covered almonds chocolate you know something like that and then i would take a, a scoop of uh all right depending on upon... weight gainer. Or something. yeah i was gonna say depending upon what you're wanting like weight gainer or just standard protein as the milk like the powdered milk that, that thing's like 1200 calories so for me that's my glassing pad yeah. like sitting at the glassing spot breakfast because I can tell you, I've puked that up more than one occasion where I just had taken <laughs> it down it and then took off. <laughs> yeah. Smoking it to a mule deer and then it, it's coming back up. But
0: it's like in high school and your coach, you know, springs a, a surprise, uh, conditioning practice on you after you just had, you know, Wendy's or something. And you're just,
1: but I mean, I would say like, if you ordered a, I do you have the peak refuel breakfast? Yeah. Yeah. If you take those and somebody would, add, yeah. And those are also like, I'm, they, I'm pretty sure they put heroin in there. Um, is that a Mormon that owns that? Can he do that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. As long as, I, yeah, no. As long as it's for performance purposes. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but if you, you know, if you ordered that, you know, breakfast, uh, you guys are sending it out in the original package. Yeah. So, one of the things we talked about, right, is if you want to simplify or break down, make it smaller, you know, take it out of that and put it in a Ziploc bag. So. If you get all of this stuff, something you could do if you wanted to up that caloric intake is dump. I wouldn't dump a full scoop of weight gainer into that, but you could dump some protein powder or weight gainer into the because that's basically what we're making is what Peak Grief yeah. Fuel has, except a little bit of extras. But I don't know if that's worthwhile to. Dude, it's caloric rich, like. I don't know that a lot of people would want to eat it that early in the morning you know when i say that early like it's
0: almost like you're saying like you're after your stock you know just kind of a pick me up where you've maybe gone down in the bottom of the canyon you crossed a stream you got plenty of water after a stock and you can sit and you know not well
1: it depends on where we're at like you know every mule deer spot or elk spots different if you were elk hunting, I would say it was that ten o'clock low, when the, when the wind switches. If you're mule deer hunting, depending, a lot of times if you get up to the glassing spot at six thirty or whenever sun comes up, you're looking at three to four, four hours. Four hours. Yep. yep. That's when I would eat it because it would just sit there and kind of burn itself off and whatever. Um... You know, so that I would eat it then or after the stock. Whatever. Or if
0: you're like a South Cox guy that's crazy and gets up at, you know, four in the morning to start boiling his coffee, you know, yeah. 12 <laughs> hours before he's going to go on
1: stock, yeah. you can just drink it then. Yeah, no kidding. So we're going on that elk hunt again, South and I. Yeah, he um, gets pumped? Yeah. Yeah, I am because I didn't know that we would get the tag or not. And, uh, you know, it's fun, like south is a very giving individual right south i mean he's just a good person he sent
0: me a bow once i didn't even like i was just like snooping around i'm like hey what
1: do you got and he's just like boom like what do you want boom he sent it i'm like jesus yeah he's just uh actually we need to talk to you we may need to get some llamas but um we um like so that hunt um not to drift way off but like you know, he had invited me if, if another guy had kind of canceled out and, 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 the other guy ended up going on a different hunt. Anyway, um, you know, we were 14 miles in when we killed our elk. Well, he was 12.8. I was four, whatever. It was a long ways. We weren't exactly measuring then South figured it out later, but South had found, there was elk all over, but South had found, um, like Bob Ross couldn't have painted a cooler picture. And so he tells me, he's like, you gotta, you gotta come with me. And, and most guys aren't like that. Right. They're not going to tell you there. He's like, you've, you've got to come up here and see this. So like we're eight miles in and uh, we're, we're about 10 at this point at Oh dark 30. And I'm like, look South, look, I'll hunt here and I'll hunt to you. I don't want to you know, shit in your weedies. Get in there, kill a bull. I'll, I'll come in later. And so we get into a bunch of elk, whatever. And so, he never turns on his radio when he's supposed to for like midday checks <laughs> the one day mike and i are just sitting there and uh, i have the radio on sitting on top of my pack just kind of hanging back we just had a bull come in we didn't get a shot at and um we hear i've hit a bull can't find it or something and i'm like mike we got well, let's just let's let's load up let's just ruck it out get up there so you know and, and i'm I'll lose a whole hunt to help somebody. And I'm not saying that to make myself sound better. I've just, I've been in the position where I need help and and didn't get it. And so knowing elk, that. Elk are big. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, let's get in there. Well, we go, we got to where South was and there was elk everywhere. And I'm like, you know, we'll find South <laughs> later. Like, let's try to kill one of these elk. And so as, as uh, you know, freak Mike, uh, South's bull, they found it, died. 200 yards from Mike set up calling and Mike was like 400 yards from these elk I'm going in on so I circled up around like stalking in on him I just needed Mike to keep them keep making him occupied yep yeah, keep yeah keep him bugling south comes out and he says hey Mike you're good right like like you guys keep hunting I got two guys with me and so most people wouldn't do that like you know hey well you know first like you know come into my spot I found which is on first day he was in there like and I can tell you it was we had 13 bullets within 400 yards of us screaming their heads off when I killed mine, and then next, hey, keep hunting, we'll we'll handle it, and then we get back to camp. And I am not a multiple trip guy. Like we get both elk back, and or we don't, we get all get back to camp. And South elk is at camp, mine's still a couple miles up where he's like, man, this may take a couple of days to get out. And I'm like, nah, we can do it. We can do it in one shot. And when we did, it was, but I put on rest in peace to your back. Yeah. My knee actually, um, I did 18, 19 miles that day. I think South did 23 or four. I think Hearn did 25 or six with his crew. Like what? 30, 40
0: pounds. Ah, uh, the last
1: Yeah, I no kidding. The last five miles, I had 158 pounds on my back and we filmed it. And you know, people are like, how did you know? Well, llamas. Yeah. you have scales yeah, right You pack but, scales. yeah you pack scales in because i was like the llama was just a piece of poop right like <laughs> they don't like to be separated we had to separate them big no-no and uh yeah we south and i were talking last week because we figured out we got these tags like we got to keep the llamas together i'm like i would agree because i put my rack which was just like a three and a half year old five by six llama wasn't having it and then he's like, walks like 10 feet and just lays up on us. So I end up yanking 40 pounds out of the llama. Um, Cause I had about 120 at that time and the rack and put it in my pack. So the llama would actually move he's smart. He's going, I bet if I lay down here, this guy will take 40 pounds off and he'll pack. it. Oh, it worked. So, but I, I got to my feet. There's actually a video I had posted where I'm like, Hey, let's, let's get the heck out of here i was like i told mike i was like dude i can't take that llama and mike's like dude i'll take the llama i'll drag this thing out of here and i'm like dude i'm gonna smoke it out of here i'm not stopping like this is heavy he's like yep no problem i said when i get back i'll turn around i'll come back and and help so i smoked it out of there um i ended up you know whatever running into some people in a vehicle and i'm not like mentally functioning correctly because i i set record time coming out of there because i needed to i didn't stop like like that mental, like looking, I had my phone with me. So I actually turned on Spotify because I'd pre-downloaded music and just kind of put my head down. And so the last 400 yards, I can see South's truck, but mine's like a mile away. Uh, I see a vehicle He, They pull up like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, not, not good. <laughs> and they're like, you know, talk to me for a sec. I'm like, Hey, can you help me and uh, take me down to get my, my truck. And they're like, well, we were going to eat dinner. And I'm like, okay. And I just, I was not in a good mood. I just kept walking. Well, hold on. And I'm like, so I, I was like, yeah, whatever. I actually just still kept walking. <laughs> so I get this out because I had to get this out of my, off my back. And uh, they're like, can we, can we help you get that off? And I'm like, yeah. Well then they, the light popped down. They're like, Oh Lord, because yeah. it was heavy <laughs> and they were cool, you know, whatever after that. But, the one thing that I would say not to bring it back to what you're doing is to be as good on the seventh, eighth, 10th, 14th day, whatever food has a lot to do with that. And one of the things that I do was I knew I had that pack out. I pulled all the happy snacks out of the pack and I put them in every pocket I've got because like I literally, I don't care if it's melted or not. If I got a Snickers bar in my cargo pocket, I'm eating it on the way out. Like I I'm, I'm taking that with me. And so I wouldn't say I was as good at the end of that trek out as I was at the trek in, but I mean, caloric intake and getting food in your system's huge. We got back and like, you know, South had to go. I mean, he did another six miles farther than I did. Now he didn't have the weight on, but that's still, he had probably 23, 28. I don't know. A lot, a lot of, of miles on that day, but you followed South longer than me or as long. Some of these guys, um, you know, have been backpack hunting for a couple decades successfully that are, that are still known in the industry since the eighties. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think of, um, you know, now like who's probably the more, some of the more known successful backpack hunters, like true backpack hunters. Um, gets after it. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. There's a story behind him. He was, he drew a sheep tag. He was telling me how many miles he covered in a day. And I'm like, are you running? <laughs> he, and he he was with Solomon's on at thirteen thousand feet, glassing. Just cruising. 15's on his chest, just cruising. And he was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're almost like 70. <laughs> like, I was like, this was just a couple years ago. I was like, oh hey, he was like, Yeah, yeah, I saw this, this. I'm like, I'm sure you saw a lot. Like, holy cow. But but yeah, a lot of these guys, I mean, that are that are getting after it, there's a lot of knowledge there that people don't um maybe, you know, take in that they could one of the things you talk about almost all of us the same on food. Um, you know, from what I've found, like we all kind of follow the same methodology.
0: Yeah. Backpack huntings. It's, it's such an art because you're not just the art of hunting and you talk about that stuff all the time, right? The field craft and navigation and animal behavior and stuff like that. But now you've got to also become an expert backpacker, right? And there's a, (laughs) there's a long learning curve of just experience and doing it wrong and, you know, how many times we've, I've gone through this and done it wrong, overpacked, underpacked, you know, back when we first started, we just go buy a whole bag of jerky and throw it in our backpack. Right. (laughs) And not that it wasn't a week's worth of jerky that we were going to be there for, but when you're, you just have a big bag, you know, and this seems simple now, but like you're just pulling from a big economy bag and guess what? By day four, all your jerky's gone because jerky's really good. Right. Yeah. And you know, you get back there and you're not always thinking straight or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of years of experience went into you know building this thing and again it's it's not rocket science it's just you know
1: well I, sense. I think um before we you know drift off um you know this the 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 food thing obviously we just you know like you mentioned field craft or you know whatever you want you know glassing stalking animal anatomy animal behavior all that stuff comes in a package you know the one thing people need to remember is like food does keep you on the mountain more not just physically but also mentally like you know it helps you think about when a guy comes out that um like gave up and he goes and buys a burger Yeah. generally he's immediately re- regretting coming coming out right and so food can help keep you on the mountain but you know we we're talking about backpack hunting um actually it was weird um uh, mark smith uh he posted on something of mine yesterday or the day before mark um he's a big mule deer hunter or whatever um i don't know how old, mark's got some years on me Was he 50 something now
0: i don't think he's quite 50 40 some 46 48 i don't no, know he's Five. 50 is he yeah oh he's got to be yeah, yeah maybe just turned
1: yeah oh yeah like so you know um you know mark uh, he's he's not up you know he's not in the mountains now i don't i don't know if he drew a tag this year or not but you know mark backpack hunted a lot You know for mule deer and i think you've hunted with him right Mm -hmm. so you know when you how long ago did you hunt with mark
0: long time it was probably 2012. um i was putting on the first time i ever met mark real quick i was putting on an archery shoot like way back when i didn't know anything that i was doing had no business putting on an archery shoot and I made the mistake of trying to make it bigger than it needed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I hit markup cause I'd been to his seminars and I'm like, Hey man. And I even, you know, paid him and he's still like, now that we're best friends, kind of, he like regrets, like, I can't believe I made you pay me, but I was happy to do it. And yeah. so then, you know, we got hooked up and talking and I think 2011 or 12 or 13 or something, we went into the rubies.
1: Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. A while, you know, like technology, like back then. And, um, I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to bring up different backpacks of other companies. The pack I used and he used at that time, like I remember breaking the internal frame of it. I ripped a you know belt in half. I remember strapping one pack on another pack, so I had a day pack. Like, yeah,
0: that's how we found Kafaru. So yeah, we we were using <laughs> we were using packs that, um, you know, God bless them. Like they were great company and great people and you know, one of the guys that used to help run the company that started with a big E um, at the time, but like we were on that Ruby's hunt and we're 11 miles deep, uh, probably the year before Mark got in there with us. And my brother killed a pretty good buck. And we're, we start humping this buck out, uh, just the two of us with camp and metal stays are blowing out the back. I mean, we were in a bad situation, right? We had to really get creative and Jimmy rig a pack to get out of there. and. Yeah, that's, that's what the, literally that next year is when we found Kafaru, but.
1: And that, that's kind of, you know, bringing it up, learning like, like, you know, I try not to get on forums anymore, you know, cause I just don't want, you know, I want to help people, but I don't want to argue. And if you choose to take my advice, take it, you know, but if you choose not to, that's fine as well. Um, but generally the advice I give you isn't something that I, you know, just guessed on. It's something I've generally screwed up on multiple times or at least one time, um, you know, and I'm not, you know, I obviously you know, owner of Kafaru, I'm, you know, a very big fan of our packs, but not just packs. Footwear is another one. You know, what, you know, what food is another one. You can get yourself into, you can basically make or break a hunt from the decisions that you've, you know, have made before you, you know, from Ohio, like your hunt may be over and you don't even know it in Ohio. Right. Yeah. And, and then you drive all the way out here, $600 tag or whatever, 400 from you in, in by the decisions you've made. And that may be decisions you made off of, of someone that maybe gave you advice. that doesn't have like applicable skills or enough experience. And so I always get a kick at it. Now I can, I consider it kind of people watching, I'll get on there and, uh, you know, whether it be arrows or I don't know, backpack hunting or whatever, you know, the bottom line is, you know, when you go backpack hunting, you need enough to survive, uh, in gear that is comfortable. Um, you know, for X amount, you know, five to seven, whatever it is, you're staying back there. Um, in a small amount of things when there's an emergency, it's that simple, but what is that? If you've never done it, like you're like, all right, Aaron, what you need for an ultra marathon is this. I'm like, I have no idea. I've never done one. well. And a lot of that, uh, you know, cam Haynes could hand you his ultra marathon pack.
0: And if you don't understand how and when to utilize that, it's not, you know, I mean, that's, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean have all the right tools there and if you don't have the knowledge of when and how to use it you know how your body's going to react to this or that food is the one thing it doesn't you know you could put down oh i'm a 3500 calorie guy but someone else's body could react completely differently to that food item you know and it's just there's just some stuff that you can't figure out without experience you know um yeah some of it we try to you know on, on this deal we tried to map out like okay you know but there's guys like brady miller that He he goes completely rogue on his mill thing. And he's like, if you look at him, it's like three pro bar mills in his shake in the morning. And that's his, you know, it's like this stoveless deal. And it's like no one in their right mind other than him is going to get by with that.
1: And I like Brady. I'm not saying anything negative towards Brady. But Brady is also Brady. You're not Brady. Right. Right. And that you're not Cam. Like Cam is a horrible gear tester. He's too tough. Right. You know, I sleep in a bivy. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. screw that right and so i have no doubt brady is not making that up like Brady's a tough individual and there's others um you know out there stealthy hunters another guy that's a great hunter but you know and no different from me you know brady's looking at my i probably eat more in a day than he does in a week you know <laughs> yeah. but i guarantee i, I need it or in and, and he and he's also the size of my left calf muscle right he's not a big man and so he can get away with a lot less food i've done the no stove thing it's it's not for me it's like not, yeah. no and you will shit a diamond out like <laughs> guaranteed inside of 3 to 5 days like the first time I did it I'm like okay uh-huh. let me weigh this out <laughs> I'm going to save this well the other thing too I didn't have a I didn't have a tent heater and I know you're not supposed to heat your tent up with your stove but I do every day <laughs> I get cold and so one of the night like pleasant things in the morning is I crank on that MSR reactor for not a long time but a don't, minute don't take long no, in a one
0: man tent nope mm,
1: 60 seconds like break the ice so i can get out of the fart sack and be happy i didn't have that and so i'm like ah man and so for me uh in really anybody listening in when you talk about backpack hunting food everything else you know the tollman always has to be paid now that tollman may be paid by suffering um once you get there for not suffering on the way in so if you have a lighter pack generally you're going to suffer more when you get there you have a heavier pack on the way in, you're suffering then, but you're not gonna suffer as much when you get back there. And one of the things that I get a kick out of is, you know, I did 10 days with 27 pounds and they're professing that to beginners. I'm like, one, I don't think you're telling the truth. One out of every maybe 10,000 people are capable of doing that unless it's a, a test or a contest, right? Like my, my optics and camera gear weigh, you know, 20 pounds, right, My in my tripod.
0: Well, and, and you were one one major storm away from losing your life possibly or one yeah. one medical accident you know from not making it out of there probably
1: yeah oh yeah and 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 don't get me wrong like I know a bunch of fast packers like guys that hike the um you know Pacific crest trail they're they're going in with next to nothing but they have one goal and there's not anything dead coming out they have a high skill set and they don't have much to run out you know you don't want to leave your hunt when I say run out, you can always go home right you can hike out the goal is though to be happy when you're there and put an animal on the ground and some people get on uh you know what i'm not I, it's bad advice so i'm not gonna invention admit Mention the website it's a backpacking site it's like an ultralight one there for a while i remember on both site guys getting on there and i'm like you're listening to guys that that don't kill anything like and they can run out like an ultra marathoner could run 30 right. miles out. When, when they
0: get into a situation and they run out that's a w for them a yeah. hunter on day four when you get in a bad situation and you have to run out because you didn't pack enough stuff that's an l right yeah. you didn't you, that's not the objective on a, yeah. on a backpack hunt
1: and i have seen some pretty crazy some advice like you know i don't bring rain gear because i'll pack i'll hike out i don't bring a headlamp because i'll hike out um <laughs> You know one of the people that um, well, as you probably well know, one of my biggest fans that works for a, a company that starts with a K told me he doesn't bring a headlamp because he uses the moonlight, and I'm like, I don't know if he's fucking with me, but I have been cliffed out packing goats out, like like dangerously cliffed out, and like to me i bring I bring two headlamps, like yeah. I bring a Petzl e light in my my chest rig and then a you know whatever in my pack. A headlamp to me is one of those warm and fuzzies. Now, maybe I'm just not tough enough, but like when people have messaged me like, hey, I heard this guy say I don't bring rain gear. And I'm like, well, where are you hunting? You know, it's also a windbreaker, right? It's, you know, for me, I don't bring anything with, um, I don't I don't bring something with wind stopper. I bring rain gear to save wind. Pop waves. it
0: over the top of your yep. puffy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially glassing. And so I'm like, well... It's many different things other than just rain gear. It's also, you know, for me, a windbreaker. And so when you're you're figuring this out, it's like drinking through a fire hose if you're reading online, because you could listen to 10 people with as much experience as me. Five of them may be on the other side of the fence, uh, meaning the, the, the more lightweight side of the fence. And they may say, I bring 1600 calories a day. That's like my first meal, right? And so if you're a stick figure, maybe that'll work for you. And I'm not, you know, downplaying that, but... It it is um it it can be confusing and i mean you how confused were you when you started doing it was
0: oh like it's, i mean just thing after thing after thing that we screwed up you know like i said not divvying up our stuff not bringing enough food bringing too much food i mean it just the list goes on and on and on you know bringing food that had no business you know we, we talked about the little the little guilty pleasures but yeah. like when your whole entire, you know, bag of food was guilty. Like, (laughs) okay, partner, that's not, you know, you can't put, you know, ho-hos and zebra cakes in there. That's, that doesn't do anybody any good. One of the
1: seminars, I I do these like backpack hunting, different seminars, like I bring one pair of pants and it's the pants I have on. And uh, you know, they're, you know, these are white tail hunters, so they're learning. Like, what do you do for, um, like sin elimination and what I'm like, I, I don't do anything. Stay upwind. Yeah. I was like, I do absolutely nothing. Downwind. Yeah. I do less than nothing. Cause I generally don't even rinse. You know, I might go to a Creek and rinse off, but I'm like, generally when I get to a Creek, I lay in it cause I'm hot. Right. It's not to clean myself. And I do smell really bad, but you know, camo is not much different. It's like, Oh, I, I get the idea. I mean, camo can help, but, um, if I have done my job. I've shot that deer in its bed, not looking at me and the wind direction is the most important. And I could be naked when I shoot it. Like he shouldn't be looking at me unless I've screwed up. Now it it happens. Right. But when I look at like the, the scent, what are you going to pack in? That's actually going to work. Ozonics is the only thing that I know that actually works for, for that. And I'm not packing in an Ozonics and taping it to my ass when I go on a (laughs) stock, like, so you got to watch the wind, but they don't know that because they've never done it much like, I don't know what I'm doing when I first go whitetail hunting. I bring no soap. I don't bring any deodorant. You know, I don't bring any of that. The first time when I started this many, many years ago, I did bring some of that. And then I never ended up using it anyway. And so there's a lot of confusion with it.
0: Yeah, bar of soap. That was one that I packed around for years and years. And then I've heard, you know, you and a lot of other guys talk about taking inventory at the end of the year. And if it's been like two years, you know, I held onto a bar of soap for way too long. Uh, if, it's, if it's been, you know, 12 years and you haven't used a bar of soap, because listen, unlike you, I come hell or high water, I am not getting in a backcountry stream. I hate cold water. <laughs> like I'll, I'll literally, if I have to shower, I'll sit and boil it and then dump it on myself. Cause mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not going to do it if I don't have to, but, uh, Amy laughs. I'm, I
1: take cold showers, ugh. like freezing cold to wake up, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I hate it. That's like my biggest thing. But. One, of
1: the, one of the things like they had those little, you know, the little mint strips you put in your mouth for breath. They had those for soap, like dehydrated soap strips. And uh, I got those, but then I never used them, you know, so more money spent or whatever. But um, there for a while, I had those little containers. You had soap or, and but, you know, for me, I'm like, I don't, I'm too lazy to walk down to the water until I need, you know, so there a lot of things I'm like, hmm, as I was figuring all this out. And so now, I'm going to stink. I'm going to watch the wind more. You know, I carry things to to check the wind that are more important than me smelling because no matter what, they're going to smell me. It doesn't matter what I do. I mean, I chew Copenhagen. I'm not, it's not like I'm not breathing, right? They're going to smell that.
0: I thought you moved so, on to, uh, what was that other one you've been chewing? Oh, I
1: chew. It's, uh, it's actually mm, not this is something to be proud of. I was chewing like two cans a day of Copenhagen, um, outlaw dip. It's oh, cut wow. it down to about 3 cans a week. Um I don't know if I can quit or not, but <laughs> it certainly helped. And and that's the thing, that's weight. Yeah. You know, people are like, how many cans do you bring in? And I'm like, if it's a 14-day hunt, Two logs, I've, yeah. I've got 20 cans. Like I bring in a lot of chew, so <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, another thing too is you need a llama
0: just for all your
1: chew. Well, you know, like I somebody said we make a t-shirt. I made a you know, Whatever one of my Snyderisms. Um, if you're if you're gonna be broke, you got to be tough. Well, if you're gonna eat a lot, you got to be tough too. Like you know, for me, I always thought, well, whatever, I'll you know just be more fit. That's kind of stayed the same within reason. I still try to go as light as I can, but like there are certain things that I I can't go without. Like I can't go without caffeine. Like I need something to wake up. Yeah. And so, you know, the, Frank laughed because a, a bear got into um we had went in and I'd left some stuff hanging and uh, one of them was pre-workout and a bear <laughs> ate it. And I don't mean like, ate, I mean, he ate it. And uh, there was like, sh- you know, shrapnel of plastic left. And I was like, I bet that dude was wound for sound. Cause it was like 300 uh, uh, milligrams of caffeine, a scoop. He ate the whole container.
0: He's just chasing deer down like left and right all mm. over
1: the <laughs> mountain. Run you see the size of these chickens. So yeah, I mean, that, but those are all things you have to weigh out. Like what's most important? Well, if I have soap or caffeine, soap's staying home to get the lightest pack you can. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, the socks and the underwear thing going on with the clothing, right? Like, man, I used to overpack. I don't know, seven day hunt, I'd have four changes of underwear, right? And same with socks. And you just, you know, you get over it real quick when you learn like that stuff adds up. And the only consequence is I stink a little bit more, a little bit longer than I would have. I mean, you still stink if you change your underwear and you haven't taken a bath or whatever. So, which I wasn't going to do, like I explained. So, yeah, I quit packing, like you said, one pair of pants, maybe one change of bottom underwear for me, and then, uh, you know, one extra pair of socks that I'll rotate or whatever. But
1: Yeah, I do the same thing. I bring one extra set of undies, and then uh, I'll just, if I can rinse them off, let them dry, whatever. But, you know, we do... I've done three, 14 day or solo. And then we usually do a, a couple 10 to 12 day hunts every year. Uh, whether it's, you know, we don't, I don't really ever hunt with anybody beside maybe a base camp or whatever, but, it, it, um, it, um, it's not built for everyone. Like I, that's another thing. Like if you ordered 14 days of food, um, because you're going to do your first backpack hunt. You're going 14 days, which you're not. I mean, one out of every million can actually make it. At least you have good food to go hunt by the road. You know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> the the thing is, is like, I would say five is a good starting point. You know, for me, I'm just getting warmed up around day five. Like I've done it so long.
0: So. Hey, the first time I ever, this has been just, almost 20 years now, but the first time I really backpack hunted, I went one night. And was like, okay, like that's <laughs> yeah. you know, I was like whatever I was, eighteen or whatever, and I said, Okay, like one night, and then I packed out and that was good, right? Just yeah. starting small. Like you said, most guys they get these big eyes and they see guys like you or you know, whoever now that are doing these seven fourteeners, and they think they can just do it, and it's there's so much more to it, mental toughness. But
1: well, and I think with the um and Cam has not helped this amongst many others, uh including my dumbass. I think they, I don't know what the word is. I'm not smart enough, but, um, they're looking at this, um, they're looking at it of, uh, the good, the good sides of it. There's a lot more bad sides than good sides, unless you like it. And so, you know, with, with my wife, she's stacking up jobs here in Riverton, for example, like she's wanting to, you know, sell more houses. She's got people working for, her. and I'm like, I'm trying to get out of work. Right. And like, yeah, well, she loves to she do loves it. it. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm, I had to take a step back and be like, well, she comes back. She sees me come back from a 14 day hunt. I'm, I'm beat up. I've lost 15 pounds. My feet hurt. You know what I mean? I'm sunburnt. I'm whatever dehydrated. I'm, you know, but I love to do it. Right. And so you, you have to love it.
0: See, and I, I love a backpack hunt. I actually, you know, I'm not like, you know, I've heard you talk about Frank. Like I don't like backpack hunting solo. It's not, I'm a pretty social guy. Um, you know, i like that camaraderie even if like you said it's just a base camp where you meet back up in the evening you know that's what we would do for um a lot of hunts up there in the rubies or whatever but um yeah I, I don't i don't like going solo i in fact it's just it's a it's a job you know it's something that you have to mentally just force yourself to get through um and you you know you learn the more you do it you get used to it you don't mind it but it's not it's not necessarily fun
1: no no and i really don't suggest for guys to go so low for that extended period of time. Cause you're, you know, you're talking to squirrels on day 10, um, but five days isn't a bad, you know, kind of dipping your toe in the water three days, five days, see if you like it. You know, that show alone, I was telling my wife, I'm like, really don't get me your, I haven't done it. But I mean, I'm like most people, you know, I would asked her, I was like, when's the last time you went more than 24 hours without talking to somebody? And she was like, oh, whatever. And I'm like, no, you talk to somebody on the phone. Like when's the last time you went without any human contact? You know not that we're in an air-conditioned house so you know we have a lot of creature comforts but when you're on a 14-day solo backpack hunt there's a high probability you won't talk to anyone for 14 days
0: well and i'll add that being able to talk to people and choosing not to like over a weekend right i've had weekends where i just need to veg out from just life in general and you just netflix it or whatever that's even different than not being able and not having the option to talk to anyone that's a whole different type of lonely Uh, you know when you get in there and your mind starts screwing with you
1: yeah no for for sure but
0: you uh you mentioned you know the clothing and the camo and stuff like that i'm i'm curious and i'm gonna make you give me the inside scoop here on this stuff that you're working with if you don't mind talking about it i didn't ask you permission to do this yeah no
1: i don't know it doesn't matter um the cat's out of the bag now so no it's just um some guys i had done some work with in the past um had asked me to design a, a clothing line and uh I have never been a big camo guy when it comes to mountain hunting. I'm not there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, my, my thing, especially coming from a poverty level for, for years was I wanted something, whether it be a, a set of pants or the fleece or a puffy or whatever that I could wear that would be earth tones that I could use uh, for hunting, but also could, you know, go, go to, you know, whatever, pick at Walmart, go to dinner or whatever. And so we focused on, you know, clothing that you could wear, whether you're putting a fence up for your wife, shooting 3ds or going into the mountains, um, you know, that made sense. Same with, you know, it's a full line as far as there's a, you know, Merino blend, um, you know, base layers and everything else. But yeah, I was, uh, you know, um, there were certain things on some clothing that I really liked certain things I didn't. And there's some things that we offer that are just our own blend and nothing, you know, overly like our, Grid fleece is a grid fleece. You know, I like the hood that was designed like the thumb holes, how we did it, but tons of grid fleeces, but we also tried to make it, um, price friendly, you know, for everybody to, you know, that they could afford. Um, it was definitely something, you know, that, that, um, I've wanted to do for a long time and I didn't. I'm coming to the point now where I think, um, an ultra lightweight half ghillie suit is about the most anybody, any, anything anyone needs. In fact, you like, you go to the 3d course we have in the back and this is not applicable to whitetail hunting. I don't worry about my pants. You know, I don't want to wear blue pants, but I mean, you know, I want earth tone pants. So I want to hike in, not looking like a hunter. I just want to hike in. Um, and I also, when I get off the mountain, want to be able, I don't want to look like a goober going into a, you know, whatever, going to grab pizza, wearing full camo. And so, I really wanted to, you know, base it off like a, you know, we did Coyote Brown, Ranger Green, and some Wolf Gray that you can hike in, look like a normal person, and then, you know, on a stock, pull that thing off the top of your pack, and you know, throw it on. So,
0: so. that's it's not a camel pattern; it's just a, a breakup of the of the uh, garment itself.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just earth tone leafy suit basically. Um, you know, leafy top. Um, but you know, and as far as the clothing goes, it's just earth tones and. I, again, I wanted to do it for a long time. I was excited about it and I was able to do what I wanted to do, which I'll show you like the prototype stuff. Um, in fact, you're going to actually take a couple sets of the pants cause they're a little bit different size for me. The, uh, the way the pants are, you know, I never wanted, um, buttons on my pants or zippers for some of the pockets. I wanted an overlapping, uh, yeah. lid so I could get to it, but I didn't have to worry about things falling out and it was quiet. Yeah. You know, we did that. I did want a couple pockets that were zippered for, you know, super important stuff. Um but and so I was able to do those different things. There's a drop pocket you could use for a cell phone or a call or windicator, but my biggest thing was windicator. Um you know, I wanted to be able to have a drop pocket that wasn't a giant pocket where I was, you know, digging around in there, uh but also I could pull windicator out real quick. And so, you know, it was applicable to that.
0: Did you, uh, front pocket big enough to like hold a rangefinder? Mm-hmm. O- opening? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, um, so the, the standard like hip pocket or whatever is, yeah. Like a normal pocket. And then the, uh, yeah, you know, the, I guess you could say the cargo pant pocket, um, you know, that holds, you know, whatever you would want, but yeah, that's, that's the way we had set it up for, um, and we did reinforce knees and butts both on the ultra lightweight pants and the, the heavier weight pant. We did uh, hip zips on the, the heavier weight pant. We had them on the lightweight pant, but honestly, like with all the testing, I didn't, they were so lightweight. I'm like, you know, do we want to add money to them to with a with a hip zip? Because like I'm literally unzipping them and lo- noticing really no difference. And so it saved, you know, 18 bucks on the pant. And I'm like, I'm going for the savings because I just don't see a need no. for it on this lightweight pant. And we did reinforce the knees and the butt on the lightweight pants as well, which has been a huge problem for me with a lightweight pant, which you really want to have. Um, was durability you know, they do get destroyed. So we were able to kind of. Yeah, you're, always,
0: you're always glassing on your butt on a rock. That's, you know, not a perfectly flat rock. It's always a jagged, you
1: know, whatever. Yeah. And then we did, uh, you know, a couple puffy jackets, a ultra lightweight one, and then a heavier weight actually has um, armpit zips for blowing out heat. And so, you know, for me, I've just, um, when I've had heavier weight jackets and let's say even just moving from one glassing point to another, I don't want to do a total you know, dress down, but I also don't want to sweat to death. And so those were kind of something that I was pretty adamant about having was on a heavier weight puffy, which I haven't seen before was, was armpit zips to blow out heat when you need to. So, you know, that's just some of the things, um, you know, the, the base layer we did, um, we tried out straight Merino, we did a, a Merino nylon and a Merino poly blend and the Merino poly blend was the best that we had found for price point And, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, form and function and everything else. Cause it, it, uh, you know, the way that I test it is obviously does it stink? All right. Okay. doesn't, how fast does it dry? That's a big one. And how much does it smell? And how much does it stretch? Well, the smell thing was a given. Um, but how much did it stretch out? You know, how fast it dried was a big one. And so the Merino poly blend and also cost was another one. And so we did a Merino poly blend on that and, and that came out really well. So, i'm excited yeah me too i mean i really didn't need any more um you know headaches as far as that <laughs> goes but it was an easy decision for me the guys i'm working with are super cool um the designer is, is a you know great great guy and unbelievable i mean i could kind of give him a half s and say hey this is what i'm thinking and he, he would knock it out of the park so we'll probably there's a um, uh, you know, I can post up the link again, but Born Primitive Outdoors, uh, it's on the Born Primitive site. There's a landing page where we'll send out info as it's applicable and as time comes on. We should have a pre-sale somewhere in the uh, August time frame and hopefully be selling by you know, September time frame, I would imagine. So obviously into hunting season, but this is a clothing that you can wear anytime. So they were a little worried about the hunting season thing, but I was like, man, I mean, honestly, like this is the kind of pant that you would buy or fleece or puffy that you'd wear anytime yep. so yeah love it yeah well man do you got anything else you want to cover before we go fix your bow
0: no uh yeah so the bow story real quick so you have some background here i told you i picked up that uh one of those nevada turnback tags uh bow hunting tags and i had had a hoyt on order for i don't know probably 4 or 5 months and Nothing's showing up. Nothing's showing up. This is back in 2021 last year and supply chains were wrecked and everybody was delayed and all that. And I wasn't really too worried about it. I didn't have a big bow hunt coming up. Well, I'm sitting at work one day, you know, this is like August 1st or whatever. And that hunt opens the 10th and all of a sudden this, a really good tag in Nevada where it's just where I grew up and I know it, you know, like the back of my hand, it pops up and I'm like, boom, threw it, got it in my cart and checked out. And about time i checked out the reality set in that i didn't own a bow at the time (laughs) i didn't have one of my hands so i'm hitting up alex at Hoyt, and i'm like bro you gotta get me a bow man so he uh he came through in the clutch uh got a got a bow overnighted to me and so it turned into you know not not the ideal tuning setup in fact i uh i had a set of uh the East and uh, the four mil long ranges that you've, uh, you know, not been bashing, but you kind of like throwing some shade at the, the little four the mils. FM, oh, the four no, mils no. I don't
1: mind. The uh, FMJs are the ones that I. Oh no, yeah, everybody, anybody yeah. who shoots
0: FMJs is getting them for free probably. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, anyway, so
0: I even used the the uh, factory inserts because I didn't have time to, you know come up with and you know you got these micro arrows now you p- usually piecing together hey i might get this and run this broadhead and test it and make sure it all works and i don't have time to screw with that which no offense to those uh outserts that they you know it's like a, i think it's a machined aluminum they suck uh you know it was it was a good experience. the
1: only reason i throw shade on on micros as a component
0: the components is, yeah is and i listen i i i set up another dozen that aren't here with me because I, i'm not done but i got all the components in my house and i'm using the uh the iron wheel uh their little uh you know you're basically gonna have to in my opinion to do the four mils right you have to run a deep six yeah. uh you know unless you're gonna glue in tips or whatever and I, I wasn't too fond of that so i ordered the 100 grain uh deep six from iron will with their sleeve I mean, we were kind of trying to piece that type of system together years ago anyway with footings and all that kind of crap. And so that's about the best one that I've found. Um, I do need a little advice or help on the seating depth of those inserts because apparently it's not the same as the regular hit insert seating depth I found from Easton because I sunk it in there and I let one cure (laughs) overnight and I went in to screw it
1: in and I'm like, huh yeah i'm not iron, even hitting the, threads the iron wheel shank is shorter yeah, so, what, so one of the one of the things like where you're talking about gluing things in like that snyder core system the best way to do it is just glue everything in it's just, yeah yes, i mean well, and i've I had people call me i'm like screw in the hit yeah glue that thing in like, jokes the, on me because yeah. i thought you know i was gonna do the screw in and that was gonna be better and easier and i screwed it up so yeah, <laughs> yeah and i mean you can uh get that out but it takes some doing um a lot of doing (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so um but that's the thing like i just ordered uh from randy i I shoot whatever black eagle but uh i i just ordered from randy some micros because i've got um you know the 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 arrow i'm shooting now is a standard like rps component like just an insert for the reason we're talking they're they're easy like super simple i screw weight on the back but with, with micros, there's no doubt long distance and penetration, they're better. Now, I've never noticed, you know, I'd shoot a... I, yeah, listen, yeah, I have yeah. a 31-inch draw with yeah, 80 Yeah, you can combo. shoot a butter knife, you're good. Yeah, So, but wind drift is a, is a big one. Yeah. And so, you know, when people ask me this, I'm like, look, they're, they're, you got to pay the Tolman like anything in life. The components can kind of suck. And so one of the things like with that Snyder core was... Bill had asked me and I said, dude, the only way to make it durable in my mind is this. And when I did the rampages, which is another, it's a 204, um, to make it beefy, I glued everything in. I just literally screwed the hit in and I hot melt everything, even though they tell you not to, um, hot melted it, uh, in with Kimsha glue. And, uh, you know, I was able to heat it up and spin it if I need, if I wanted it orientated a certain way, which I don't, but you get the idea and it's beefy and add a collar. Well, it's even worse for like micros. Um, so when we were designing this, I basically just took the component system and glued everything together. And so that way it was beefier. I had a long shank for, you know, durability up front and a collar. I don't like, like with the glue and everything in is it's cause you want to like shoot.
0: Well, the irony is it's like, yeah, you know, I, I want to save you know, I don't want to be, I don't want half of my arrows to just be permanent with broadheads for some stupid reason. Well, the irony is like now I've gone through two dozen arrows and all of them suck. You yeah. know, and like I've screwed. Not, not these new ones will be fine once I do it right. But like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, if I oh, just I...
1: had done the glue in, like, and just listened to Snyder, like, it would have well, been fine. Well, and in having said that, I, you know, being having done this for a, a long time, I, I just talked about it yesterday on a tech tip video. I pre-make a lot of arrows for hunting, and I, but I get to hunt a lot but i pre-make a dozen and i make them you know let's say if i'm going to shoot this year spartans or 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 x impacts or whatever um or the ones you're you're four millimeters i spin them perfectly if i'm going to use nocturnals um you know whatever um i set that and and make them all perfect now i'm not making a dozen i'm usually making four but i don't you know i set a separate dozen aside and i know people are like oh yeah you're lucky you got money whatever i did this when i was poor like I did it all it the time. With, You
0: can do it with a cheap arrow too. Oh yeah.
1: And that's what I mean. Like I strongly encourage guys, when you have a dozen, get a dozen arrows for hunting and get a dozen arrows for practice. And if the hunting arrows and practice arrows, you set them up correctly, you, they should hit the same anyway. And so when I glue those in, like the hit insert, the depth part I get, but like I'll glue, and this is another thing I glue my field tips in. And so when I put that hit in, I glue everything in. And so I have six or eight or 12 practice arrows glued in just like my broadheads, forever. And so, because I'm not, you know, I used to, you know, unscrew, screw back in, but I really don't want to be winging an arrow in an animal that I've been using for practice for six months. If I don't have to, I want the most efficient brand new perfect setup I can. Now I may make a couple obvious practice shots, but that was why I did that because when I make arrows, I make practice arrows and I make hunting arrows and I don't, flip-flop between them and so that's why i just started gluing everything in so i even glue my field tips in now a lot of times like i'll glue the rps in but then i'll put a dot of hot melt in and glue that in so it doesn't rattle so you're loose. saying
0: even when you're threading them in you're gluing them yeah. permanent yeah so like if you're running your
1: severs which i love too yeah i glue those you're just gluing in.
0: them in yeah. yeah well that makes sense
1: how many times have you shot a broadhead pulled it out of a target and it was loose all the time yeah all the time <laughs> so for, for me, whether you're shooting right helical, left hel- uh, helical or whatever, it's hot melt, So it comes out. It's not forever, but it's, you know, you got to heat it up. But if I shoot an arrow um, at a, in an animal, right, and, and it goes through or it doesn't go through. But let's say it goes through. It's it's a victory. I've already hit the animal. If it doesn't go through, you're not shooting that thing again. It's, it's hammered. So when I go back, I mean, as funny as this is, I'll put it on a coal in the fire. <laughs> Just <laughs> screw it off. I have that. I just did that video on that cash bar that that uh, option makes. I keep extra broadheads in that little sidebar. It's like an offset bracket. I'll pull one of those out. They're still hot melting the thread and screw that in, and then I can spin them. I'll show you how to do it in my hand, but I know it's you know true enough. Anyway, it's never been a problem with me running it that way because how many times when a guy's shooting and his arrows are rattling in his quiver because they're loose. I glue them in that's why it's less noise less hassle and it's hot melt so it's not like it's you know two-part epoxy where you know you got to pray to baby jesus it comes loose like it's hot melt heat it up it comes out yep. and a temporary hot melt which is good for this is that blue glue that's a low heat hot melt um it, it's not something you want to glue all your components in but it's good to glue insert or excuse me good gl- good to glue broadheads in and so I've, I, I get it I understand guys don't want to do that but I think it's more the tradition or the status quo yep. than it is anything else yep, so, yep. but uh, well I'm looking forward to it yeah well let's hop yeah. off here and go f- fix your bow I guess yeah
0: real and real quick just to circle back to the very beginning um you know backpacklogistics.com. And we're doing a pre pre-launch pre-order just to give us a chance to have an idea of what, you know, how much we need to carry here so that it's for your benefit, not ours. Right. And, and to to help with that, we're giving you a 25% off launch 25 L a U N C H 25 until the end of this month. So hopefully this gets out, you know, with at least a day or two, <laughs> uh, in June. If not, if you miss that and you listen to this, hit me up. I'll still take care of you, but that's kind of the idea pre-launch, pre-order. So we can give, have a freaking clue here where we're launching this so close to hunting season and yeah, go on, play with it. Love people's feedback. What do we need to carry? Um, you know, and what, uh, what did we miss? So cool
1: right on man i appreciate you getting on and uh, i definitely suggest this for everyone obviously i thought it was a good idea when we talked you guys heard that story so um yeah if you guys have any questions you want to direct my way no problem at all on the food stuff but we- at
0: uh, at dustin Whitwer on instagram and then uh, dustin at backpack if you want to bug me
1: Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And bug him more than me. And I, <laughs> I was just going to say, is that cool? Which obviously yeah. it is. You just announced it. So, right on. Well, let's go fling some arrows and uh, fix your bow. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, if anybody has any questions, get a hold of Dustin or uh, me, and uh, we'll do everything we can to help you. Thanks, Sandra. Yep.
0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do. Leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit FindingBackCountry.com.